And welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 27. 27. The Dougie Hamilton. Hamlin. The Hampus. Zarnick. The uh, Hampus Lindholm. PJ Axelson. Was he 27? I was think he, he was seven. No. Was it Stock? One of them. Oh, I gotta go look it up. Mike Motto episode. John Moore. Uh, Glenn Murray episode. John Moore. I'm going to throw in a random one here. The Dougie Gibson episode. So he many players. Was 11. He was 11, so we weren't even close. What is but, wrong with me? Hey, as always, welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. As I said before, episode 27 brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And the kid is back. He's back from his yes, one week sir. down in Florida, <laughs> down at Disney World. Nick, Nick is back. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Malanson underscore. Nick, before we get into it, how was your trip? How was Disney? How was Florida? I, it, I wish you could have brought the boys some wins when you were in Florida. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I uh, Which is actually is quite ironic that, the, you know, a couple teams they lost to were in against Florida teams while I was in Florida. But yeah. Florida was Florida was pretty good. It was nice. I uh, it, My aunt's birthday is in June. So she wanted to go to Disney and uh, she asked me to come and I said, screw it. Yeah, let's go. So we went for a couple days. We went to uh, Epcot, uh, Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. Weather was beautiful. Um, I think the hottest it was, was like 86 one day and the that coldest. Sounds, it, oh my God, that sounds so It nice was amazing. Right it was, it was nothing but sunshine. It when it wasn't humid. It was like, like, oh it was beautiful. It was mesmer- especially like in in January to leave New England in January to go to sunny Florida for a couple of days was amazing. But I couldn't get I only had four vacation days, so I had to go back to work on Friday. And it was honestly like the worst day of my life. I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> like to go from beautiful, sunny Florida where you're eating everything in sight, drinking margaritas, riding on all the rides they have there. And then all of a sudden I got a clock in at 830 a.m. Friday morning for my job kind of sucked. But it was nice. It was fun. It was a good getaway. Um, but I do have some more somber news, which oh, I hadn't sh- I hadn't shared with you yet. Somber news? It's Out- yes, outside it's, of the three game losing streak that the team just went on. Outside of the three game losing streak, I oh boy. I have lost a member of my family. Oh, somebody very close to me. No, not the fish. Beans. No, dude, you had it for two weeks. No, it was at least three or four. But oh, beans, okay, yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, I, I 
I went to bed a couple nights ago and I yeah. noticed because I keep his fish tank in my room because we're best friends. I mean, we kick it all the time. We just hang out. I mean, nobody knows me like Beans knew me. He's doing backflips <laughs> in his tank. Sometimes I would take him out of the tank and put him in a little Ziploc bag, stuff him in my pocket. and We go for a walk. I mean, he was wonderful. He was a great fish. And I was going to bed the other night and I turned the light off my room and I noticed his tank had like a little bit of like a green tinge to it. Like it almost looked like it was glowing. And I was like, well, hot damn, that, I mean, that can't be good. I mean, his, there's nothing green in his tank. I don't know why it looks like that. And I rubbed my eyes a little bit and went, ah, whatever. Went to bed, woke up the next morning and he was floating upside down. He was up no. on the top of the tank and I went, oh my God. And uh, that was the end of it. He, he was a good fish. He had a long, he had an illness. He's been fighting for a while. Um, done a fortune he succumbed to, but. He's swimming up in fishy heaven right now. So, hey, well, you know, rest in peace to Beans. He fish lived a great life, but uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he died of the depression that the Bruins gave him with this three game losing streak. I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. Yeah, way to freaking use my fish's expense to segue into the topic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, well, with that note, uh, on today's episode, we are gonna cover. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning game, the Florida Panther game, the Carolina Hurricane game, and um, the Toronto Maple Leaf game. Um, obviously, now the team has 10 days off. It's the all-star break. So um, we'll dive into basically the first half of the season and kind of what, what surprised us, um, what, if anything, has disappointed us or maybe, you know, surprised us in a negative way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with that, we can jump honestly right into the lightning game. So I remember last on last week's episode or actually two weeks ago, that episode, the last one you were on, we gave our predictions through the, uh, through until the all-star break. And we basically said they were just weren't going to lose <laughs> and we could not have yeah. been wrong. We could not have been any more wrong. Um, yeah. So Boston went into Tampa, Tampa, by the way, 12 straight home wins. Uh, when they beat us, that made it their 10th straight home win. Um, but Vasilevsky was a stud that night. He made 37 sh- saves on 39 shots. <laughs> shaves. Uh, Lena Zalmark, he made 32 saves on 35 shots. It was, it was a close game, honestly, but the, the I don't know. Tampa, Tampa just kind of got the better of us on that one. Marshawn had a goal. The man on fire right now, Pavel Zaka had a goal. Uh, I think since signing his extension, the $4 million dollar man, baby. Yeah. The get? Four, 20, four and a half. I think you got four and a half. Four and a half over four. But, um, yeah, I mean, Zaka's on fire. I think he's got 10 points right now in nine games since his extension. Yeah, it's like like his audition for the second role, second line center next year, Krejci leaves. Well, I like his chances right now if he keeps playing like this. Yeah. Um, But if in comparison to you look at, obviously, the trade is one for one, Eric Halla and uh, Zaka. Zaka's got 35 points right now. I'm pretty sure that either matches his career high in a season or is one behind his career high for a season. And Eric Hall is at 21 points. Um, and what the hell a, devil's thinking. I don't know. And that's on a, what? on a good New Jersey team too. Like, like we used to use the, um, we used to use the excuse for Zaka that he was on the crap New Jersey team. So that's why he wasn't producing. Well, Jersey's good now. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton, uh, uh, Jesper Bratt. Um, there's another guy too that is escaping my name, my mind right now. But you bring in Eric Halla, and granted, he does bring that veteran presence in the lineup. So 
that could be helping them out in the locker room and in certain situations. But if you're the Devils right now, you, you got to be kind of kicking yourself. Like we, we um, just traded this guy for Eric Halla. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely think so. I mean, looking at the stats, Eric Halla. <laughs> Eric Hall has four goals and 37 penalty minutes. Like, the oh dude's God. out there doing public skate. Like, what is he doing <laughs> for New Jersey right now? And imagine the thing, too. I mean, New Jersey hasn't been very good in a little Not- bit here. And they've, they, I mean, they had that humongous winning streak out of nowhere at the beginning of the humongous year. They're, big. They've, they've been a solid team in the East this year. But imagine if they still had Pavel Zaka. I wonder when they made that trade. I know, like, like, Bruins fans, I mean, I remember Zach, when he went, when they when the Bruins traded for Zaka, he was like, I don't freaking want this. Who is this guy? I didn't know anything about him. But <laughs> yeah. um, I wonder how Devils fans felt about that trade, especially now. I mean, the Devils, they, they're they still, what, fourth in the, yeah, fourth in the East right now, yeah. 32, 13, and four. Boy, I bet you they're missing some Pavel Zaka. But he's right at home here. And you know what I was thinking as well? I was talking about this with my dad, is who do you think is more likely to, to stay next year, Bergeron or Krejci? Because personally, myself, Bergeron, Bergeron, dude, I don't know though. Like, Krejci's having the time of his life with these Czech guys right now. Yeah, okay, well, I think if I, I think it's fifth. Like, the, if if once, okay, Bergeron's not leaving before Krejci. Basically, is what I'm. You don't trying think to say. so? No, 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 no. He's. I think he's. If Krejci stays, he stays. If if Krejci leaves, I still think there's a chance Bergeron stays. But but Bergeron's not leaving before Krejci. No chance. No chance. I don't know. I hope that I hope neither of them leave. I really think if they win, I, I think if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, I think that it's more likely that they come back than it is for them to leave. Yeah, I mean, I don't know though. If they win, you don't think they'd ride out on top and just ride out into the sunset? No, if they win, they would. I feel like they would definitely retire. But if they don't oh, win, I feel oh. like they would most likely come back. Mm. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think I think they both recognize the talent that this team has right now, and they already showed this year they're willing to take a minimum deal, um, salary wise. So if if they're willing to do that now for this season, I don't see why they wouldn't be willing to do that again next season. Yeah, did you see um, Brad Marchand's quote about that? No, somebody asked, said- somebody asked him about that. I don't remember the exact quote, but they basically asked him like how. Like, how has Boston been this good for so long? Obviously, they only have one cup since 2011, but, I mean, they've been to three. They won a President's Trophy. They're always at the top of the leaderboards. And he was like, yeah, like, that's basically what happens when you have a bunch of guys who are willing to take less money to win. And it was just really funny because I believe he said that when he was in Toronto when the Bruins were there playing the Maple Leafs. And, of course, they have three guys, Tavares, Marner, um, and Austin Matthews, eating away at their cap space. They gave what's-his-name, too. That blonde little Finnish shit. What's his name? Oh, Nylander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or what is he? He might be Swedish. I don't know. But they gave him a ton of money too. <laughs> and uh, if they had more, like if if Austin Matthews, I mean, I know he's only like 26, but if Austin Matthews took a, like, even if he had cut his contract in half, he was yeah. making like four and a half or $5 million a year. Could you imagine the team they could put around that guy? Oh my God. They they would literally be they're a potential dynasty there, but they're Toronto and they don't. They, what I okay, honestly, I was watching. Obviously, you saw Bunting freak out, yeah, um, on the bench, and you kind of look at the body language of all the guys uh, on the bench, and and Marner's just kind of like, Marner just kind of has his hand on Bunting's arm, <laughs> and they all just look so 
content with where they are. Yeah, it reminded me of just like a like a like a beer league team, just kind of out there, yeah, dude. like ha- trying dude. to have fun, but like, um, trying to have fun, but not take it seriously. If that makes any sense, they, no, they, they like whenever anything turns remotely physical with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it just seems like everybody just suddenly loses interest. Like they can, they you know, they can spear you in the nuts, they can slash you in the back of the legs, they can talk all this game, but other than Wayne Simmons. The minute yep. anything turns physical, they just get disinterested. And it's hilarious. Oh. We, we saw it with Austin Matthews, which is one of the reasons why I think I announced my bitch list like three weeks ago. Why he yeah. was on there when he started that scrum and then just stood there like a dope and let all of his teammates jump around and defend him. Like act like he isn't like 6'3", 220. Like, <laughs> like throw some punches or something. They're, and this is exactly why they'll never win a Stanley Cup with this yeah. group because they're soft. They take too much money. And I, I truly don't think that winning is their top priority. You see Mitch Marner flaunting around his new skates, like buddy, like <laughs> they're they're cool, but like I don't know, dude. They're like, not that you, cool. You know what's cool? Yeah. Winning. <laughs> you see, you see Austin Matthews hanging out with like Justin Bieber and focusing on like what he's wearing before the game. Yeah, and, yeah, and then you watch like, like yeah. Granted, granted, um. The the Bruins like yeah the they you got pasta suits you got um all the guys who are wearing you know they the social media teams will emphasize what they're wearing but you don't see them self promoting stuff like that I don't know it just seems like such a different culture no I get that too did you see uh John Tavares also is that Andrew it is Andrew hey Andrew. <laughs> um, did you see as well? Like John Tavares seems like he's more interested in sharing that stupid goddamn picture of him wearing Maple Leafs jammies when he was a kid than he's actually oh, going yeah. out there and putting up points. Do you think, looking at it now, right, a couple years removed since they've signed him, do you think that the Maple Leafs regret giving Tavares that much money? I would. <laughs> I would. I would, too. <laughs> I would too. And they gave him the C. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see why they did it, but. There's also a certain threshold that you can't cross when you're giving guys like that money. If you, if you yeah. really wanted to be there and he really wanted to win, he probably would have taken more of like a seven to eight million dollar deal and allow the team to or allow the front office to actually build a team around him. How much is he making? Like- I'm pretty sure it's over ten. But Jesus. Um. So oh my God, it's eleven. <laughs> it's eleven. That's, ah, that's seven that's, years, seventy-seven million dollars. Has he even crazy. had? Um, he's he's had a stupid ad blocker every time I start. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Um, he's had <laughs> three 80 point seasons and he's making 11 million dollars a year. He's he's twice been a point per game player. That's yeah, crazy. No, that's no, 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 that's ridiculous. Um, but we'll jump to the Florida game too. So Bruins lose two in a row. Um, they lose to Florida four to three. This game was so frustrating. Um, Jeremy Swayman started, he played solid 33 saves on 37 shots. Alex Lyon for Florida, 37 saves on 40 shots. Craig Smith had a goal this game. Charlie Coyle had a goal this game. Actually, the Charlie Coyle, uh, Charlie Coyle goal, he like floated the puck into just kind of no man's land in the slot. And I think it was Sam Bennett just took a swing at the puck in the middle of the ice and it went directly into the net. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) But Pasternak had a goal with about 50 seconds left in the third period to take the lead. 
And then on the last shot of the period, Barkov scored. It was like three seconds left right under, I think, Swayman's glove. And then obviously Sam Reinhardt with the dagger in 17 seconds in overtime. Um, but third period, this was probably the worst third period the Bruins have played all season. They got outshot 13 to six. Um, they were having, tr- they were having trouble, you know, keeping the puck in the zone and maintaining some constant offensive flow in Florida's end for the first time all year, really. And and it was kind of a weird thing to see, but it was good to see Swayman. Obviously he looked, he, he looked good. You can't put this loss on Swayman. Sure. There's going to be some people out there who are saying, you know, oh, last shot of the game, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you got to have that one. But yeah, you, you know, can only it, do so much. The uh, Bruins aren't great when it goes to uh, extra time, huh? I believe they're five, five and five in overtime and two and three in a shootout. What the hell's up with that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. (laughs) You know what? It was ever since we 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 said the Bruins don't need a shootout guy because like teams just good teams win. Boy, they've they've shown us that they kind of need a shootout guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's all right though. No shootouts in the playoffs. Um, But after that Florida game, we jump to the Carolina Hurricane game, and this game sucked. They just got (laughs) outplayed the entire time. Um, shots on goal just to go through it really quick first period 15 to 7 in favor of Carolina second period 13 to 8 in favor of Carolina and then the third period the Bruins tried to come back a little bit um, out, out shot Carolina 10 to 8 interesting interestingly enough um, our power play sucks now out of nowhere yeah uh, we were 0 for 6 on the power play against Carolina they were 1 for 4 um but this is just overall a really – this was the worst performance that the Bruins have had all season. They just got outplayed all game. Taylor Hall with a lone goal for Boston. Um, Allmark was a net. He stopped 32 or 35. Uh, but overall, not a good showing for Boston. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, they were due a bad game. I mean, right. hell, before this game, they were what, like 30 – they were 37, 6, and 5 heading into this game. I and mean, it sucks it had to be against Carolina because they're so – goddamn annoying but you but, know you're gonna uh, these games are gonna happen and better to happen now than in the playoffs also um carolina dominates us in carolina like it's not even close it was there yeah. was some crazy statistic i saw i think it was like 38 goals for carolina four for us i think it was um in in games played in carolina so you gotta you have to be the number one seed coming out of the East. It's going to be either Boston or Carolina. Maybe you can throw New Jersey, but I don't think so. I don't, I don't see them coming down the end of the season on fire. You think Tampa can catch up? No, no, no. I think worries me about Tampa is if they get, they could get like a solid defenseman at the trade deadline. And then suddenly they're the Tampa Bay lightning again. Yeah, they could, but what do we have right now on them? Uh, the Bruins have, I mean, do you want me to tell you how many more points the Bruins have over the Lightning or the Panthers? I mean, not the Panthers, Jesus, or the Hurricanes, because that's a closer one. The Lightning have 65 points. They're 11 points behind Carolina, who has 76, and the Bruins have 83. Um, I guess in terms of the one seed, you're right. I think it's just between the Bruins and Carolina, but still, Tampa would still worry me in the playoffs, come playoff time. Yeah. It just seems I- like the Hurricanes are just a bad matchup. 
I mean, every is, now and then, in, in any sport, yeah, in every any sport, you come across a team that has a bad matchup. And for years, it's well, I want to say for years it's been the Lightning, but it's not that they were a bad matchup, but just that they were better. Like the yes. Lightning were the team of the East this year, and really, honestly, ever since the Bruins, um, what did they sweep them in 2019 in the Eastern Conference Finals? They went to the Cup, or they won in five, whatever the hell it was. Ever since the yeah. Bruins beat it was them a in quick the Eastern, series. yeah, ever since then, it's felt like they have just had the Bruins number. Regular season, they knocked the Bruins out of the playoffs last year. It, they're just, yep. they're a tough team to beat, and um, it's really annoying because their fans are like excruciating because they act like you know they're the big like like they're the big dogs. It's like come on, like know your place, you know, yeah. like you bunch of jerks. You haven't done shit. <laughs> I mean, with with as good as the team that they've had, they haven't made a Stanley Cup final appearance. Um, they seem to get bounced in the second round most years, um, but they're they they scare me. You need to get home ice advantage over Carolina. So honestly, the rest of this season, the rest of the regular season, um, you just got to play strong and get as many points as you can, obviously, as that's the goal of every season. But this year, you 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 cannot risk um, Carolina having home ice because you're, you're, there's a good chance you're going to meet them in the playoffs. And you saw how it worked out last year with Carolina having home ice. We lost in seven. Every single home team in that series won their home games. Um, so you need to have that home ice advantage. So that's going to be a huge, huge point coming down to the uh, end of the regular season. And that's I'm going to be watching that you know, as close yeah. as possible. Yeah. And uh, this little skit that you mentioned where the Bruins were what, like one, three and one in their last five or something. They lost three in a row, whatever the record was. Or that little, I was, I was on Florida time. I'm sorry. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, but, in their, in their last five, they are two, two and one. Oh, okay. Well, oh yeah, that's right. They had the overtime loss, but Carolina's made some ground. They're only seven points behind the Bruins now. They're on a seven-game winning streak. And interestingly enough, or I guess funny enough, Bruins are obviously the one seed. Carolina's a two seed. The Bruins have seven more points than the than the Hurricanes, but the Hurricanes are at a plus thirty-seven, while your Bruins are at a plus eighty-one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they might be catching up in points, but in terms of year year on performance this year, it's still the Bruins. Uh, Stanley Cup to lose, if we're being honest. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that the All-Star uh, break here came at a great time. Um, yeah. It you know, obviously, it, it was nice to watch them beat the shit out of the Maple Leafs the other night. But, you know, they were limping a little bit here. And, you know, get, give the guys a little bit of rest, get some fresh legs, get ready for the second half of the season. And I know that some teams, you know, when they stumble, not that the Bruins were stumbling into the break I and mean, they had a historic first half. But, you know, the last five games weren't how the previous, uh, quick math, 37 that's not no. They played fifty-one games. weren't how the previous like forty-six were, but uh, but um, you know, there we've seen teams in the past, you know, struggle in the first half of the season, either hit the new year, hit the all-star break, and suddenly turn it on. I mean, that's what the uh, the oh my god, St. Louis Blues did in twenty nineteen, and the Bruins had a historic first half of this of the season. I don't think that they're going to be able to have a second historic half, but you know, I'm, I'm I think that they're going to be able to play pretty well, and it's going to be nice. You know, rest. Put kick, put your feet up, rest the legs, enjoy the All Star break, and they'll get back to it next week. Yeah, I mean, talking about the shit kicking of the uh, Leafs, bees bees ended up winning that game uh, five to two. Michael Bunting, of course, just as you know, per usual, acting like a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> Linus Olmark, thirty three saves on thirty five shots. 
Uh, Samsonov, 24 saves on 29 shots. Bum. Stinks. Every goalie <laughs> that ever goes to Toronto just stinks. Um, doing his best but, Rhymer impersonation and losing dude, to the Bruins. Oh, oh, it's such a beautiful thing to see. But uh, yeah, Forbert got a goal. Carlo got a goal. Uh, AJ Greer with a goal. Look at those first three goal scorers. Forbert, Carlo, Greer. We're just killing the Leafs with our defense yeah. and our depth. Pablo and, and Zaka. Then- and then actually Pavel Zaka had two. Yeah. Had this was the Pavel, this was the Pavel Zaka game. Oh, I yes. think he had did he have three points or just two? Uh two. But still, and AJ Greer scored a goal and then uh dropped the mitts like literally 15 yeah. seconds later. But I will give credit where credit's due because I respect Wayne Simmons. Yeah, Wayne no, Simmons. Wayne Simmons rocked his shit. Oh, he beat the hell out of AJ Greer. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I was I was talking about it with with my dad. I was like, uh, listen, and it, oh, I think my dad was like, oh man, like if uh oh who the hell oh I think he said oh man if that was Trent Frederick though and I was like no 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 like no. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody in the Bruins could could win a fight against Wayne Simmons he's no, been dude, that Wayne, dude for Wayne a while. Simmons is like one of the last like uh OG fighters you know what I mean like he's legit yeah. like he he's like that dude like you don't know but fight he's Wayne Simmons. he's like he's like uh he's like he's good like he was yeah. really good in Philly didn't he have like a forty goal year or something like that. Like out of yeah. nowhere, like he's like, he's not like your, uh, you know, run of the mill plug who's just out there to throw hands the whole time. Like he could score, he can get assists and he can bear, put the puck in the back of the net. You know, what's weird. Compa- I'm comparing obviously uh, Wayne Simmons say his years in Philly, right. When he was really like you were talking about putting the puck in the net, producing offensively, but also being that tough guy. It's kind of similar to Tom Wilson and Lucic a little bit. They, those kinds of players, those power forwards, always seem to have like that two, three, four year stretch where they're just unstoppable mm-hmm. offensively, um, physically, defensively. And then, and then after those years are over, they just kind of, you know, they lose that scoring touch a little bit. And then they just become like those, those guys who are just throwing shoulders. And yeah. Face. Yeah. And for Wayne Simmons, I was wrong. He wasn't a 40 goal scorer, but he did have back to back 30 goal seasons and sportsmanship guy. He won three straight Messier awards. Okay. Boom. See, that's the kind See, of guy you okay. want in your locker room. You know, you know, he's actually truly the only guy on the Maple Leafs that I actually respect. Yeah, no, I actually, yeah. I really like Wayne Simmons and it really sucks that he's in Toronto when he was on Philly. Uh, I think it was when he was still in Philly and before he got sent to uh, I think Nashville, um, there are talks about him being traded and there was, there were serious talks about him, about the Bruins being interested in Wayne Simmons. And I thought it would have been a great pickup at the time. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, he's lost his scoring touch. He hasn't had uh, double digit goals now in four years, five years, um, but he's still an effective player and he's still a guy in the locker room. I wonder if he's the Toronto, like what, Nick Foligno is to the Bruins this year. Yeah, except no one can be Nick Foligno, baby. Foligno, that's right. <laughs> Even like it, it's funny watching the uh, like when the Bruins win uh, because they do it so often. When Swayman and Allmark go out and do their hug, and then Foligno's always the first guy right there, the old man, and he's there giving him a hug. And they, I was watching it against the Maple Leafs, and uh, him and Allmark like were like touching foreheads, and he was like whispering something through his mask. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? And then like, and then when he got over to Bergeron, he like spun in a circle and then like yep. him and Bergeron like dapped it up I was like man these old guys they oh they're such a fun team to watch and even like the camaraderie and the closeness between Swayman and Olmark is like I've, I've never seen that not even among teammates but among goalies like you play the mm-hmm. same position only one of you guys gets to play a night and they're like 
inseparable. There was a, a clip from behind the B that somebody tweeted. I don't remember, but um, Omark was eating an apple and he was like, Hey, Sway, you want a bite? And he was like, yeah. And so he came over and took a bite of his apple and then skated away. Well, it's they, like, those they, are the kind of goalies we have here in Boston. Behind the B posted another clip with uh, Sway and Omark too. And it, it was, I think it was actually the Sharks game. Omark's uh, skate broke and, and Sway had to come in. So obviously the mics, the cameras picked up what they were saying and Omark just kind of looks over to Sway and he goes, Sway, Sway, you're going in, bud. And then Swayman's like, oh, okay. And he's like, I love you. And then he's like, I love you too. And then they just went their separate ways. And I was like, dude. Their relationship is amazing. And I feel so bad for any other goalie in the Bruins system because like, you know, you're never going to be, you're never going to have that. You're never going to be them. Even when Swayman was hurt, when he was, when he hurt his knee and before he got called up, there were people like clamoring, not even so much because they wanted Swayman to play, but just because they miss seeing Swayman hug Omar after the game and because they miss like seeing them react to each other on the bench. And like, if I'm like uh, Kaiser or Brandon Bussy, whatever his name is, that DPHO guy, I'm like, man, I look at that and I'm like, damn, like these guys really have something special going on up there. And it's especially crazy too, because obviously Omar is a number one, but Swayman is still supposed to be your, your guy of the future. I mean, he's still only 24 years old. And uh, I know that Omar has absolutely no reason to, to worry about losing his job right now. But I mean, it's just cool to see two goalies sharing this, playing the same position on the same team be that close and i think it's really translating and rippling throughout the rest of the locker room because this is a really oh, close-knit yeah. bunch of guys yeah i mean i was gonna mention that too um when you were talking about felino and bergeron do you think that like this has to be like top three seasons as a bruin that that bergeron Krejci, marshawn M- mcavoy you can throw their pasta it, it like most fun seasons of all time for them it has to be right I would, I would definitely, I would definitely think so. I mean, well, t- everything is, everything is more fun when you're winning and right. nobody is winning like this Bruins team is right now, but it's different because I mean, in 2011, that team obviously won the Stanley cup, but I've, I've mentioned it before. Like everything that you see about this year's Bruins team, whether it be from behind the B, whether it be from just watching them on, on the ice, whatever it is, they're so close. And yep. I've like, and there's something to be said about enjoying. I mean, at the end of the day, this is their job. There's something to be said about enjoying your coworkers and enjoying the people that you show up with to the rink every single day. And like, I've never seen anything like it. And I feel like, like, like Bergeron and Krejci are like, damn, like I, w- I wish we were like 10 years younger. And like, yeah. if we had like this, like this nucleus, like if we had all these guys on this team, it like in 2014, oh my God. Like if they just, Play because like the rest of this team is is really young. Like it's a really young team, other Dude. than like Krejci and Bergeron, and like those are your two like head honchos. Those are your two big guys, and it, oh, Bergeron and, and Krejci, they me. they definitely go out to the North End every couple you know every couple weeks. They'll go out to dinner, and you know they're sipping on red wine and some steak, and they're just looking at each other in the lake. They're like, if only we were younger. Yeah, <laughs> but listen, listen, you you on you can't tell that they're that old looking at them no, play. I mean, they're can't. still the best guys on the ice night in and night out. And it's crazy because like Patrice Bergeron, players should be declining at this point in their career. He's done anything but. If anything, he's been getting better. Like there's yeah. never been a drop-off. And I've never seen a more consistent player in my entire life than hockey wise than Patrice Bergeron like he shows up every single night and gets a job done 
I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him like take a retaliation penalty. Honestly, I've seen him fight like maybe twice, but I mean, the guy didn't have, he came in a league. He had, oh wow. He had 31 goals when he was 20, but like he didn't start consistently hitting like 60, mid 60, 70 points until he was 30. And then from there, he just started skyrocketing in every year. I mean, this is a guy who should have like 10 Selkies by now. Yeah. He's, you know, who's like the super old wise character in Kung Fu Panda? Oh my God. Uh, Master Fang. Is that his name? That That's Bergeron. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just Wait, that character. Fang. What the hell is his name? It, is it Fang? Maybe, but he's just like the, the old wise, like elder of the team who just knows what to do. And, and he just, he does everything the right way. And it, everything he does is perfect. He's literally perfect. He's the most perfect human being of all time. He should be time person of the year. Honestly, I don't know why he hasn't won one of those yet. Master Shifu. Master Shifu is Patrice <laughs> Did you just say Bergeron for time person of the year? Yes. <laughs> you should be in the Forbes 30 under 40. <laughs> you could be. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's the experience that he brings. It's the the leadership that he brings that's unmatched anywhere in the league. You can look around the entire league. No one comes close to Bergeron's leadership abilities. Yeah, and but most importantly too, it's the way he leads on the ice. I right. mean, like he's a he's a, a a pro's pro. I mean, every everybody he plays against has nothing but the kindest words to say for say about him. All of his teammates absolutely adore him. Um, he was so good and so beloved that he had fa- his own fan base begging for their. Hall of Fame defenseman to be stripped of the sea just so Patrice Bergeron could have it. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, that's actually, how much dude, Bergeron is loved around here. I don't, and we love Chara talked too. about enough. Yeah, that doesn't get talked about enough. People were literally saying, all right, Z, buddy, we love you, no, but Bergeron's the captain. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember uh, you definitely said it. And I remember having conversations <laughs> with people too in like high school. People wanted Chara out the door just so Bergeron could have the C. Like, did yeah. they just get him off our team? So, so Chara, could, I mean, so Bergeron could be the captain. Like, that's how beloved he was by this team. And like it's amazing. I mean, he's a guy who could literally go play for any team in the NHL, and he would be adored by their fan base, by their team, by management, everybody. You're like, literally, you're talking about. And fans, and I would say legitimately 90% of the fans were like, yeah, no, um, let's take the C away from our six foot nine Hall of Fame <laughs> culture changing um, defenseman franchise, turning around the entire franchise defenseman and give it to this guy because he deserves it that much. Yeah. As much as the Dano Char meant to this organization and this team and this fan base as a whole, people still were like, okay, yeah, no, it's Char, thanks, man, but uh, you can but you're wear not the A Bergeron. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can wear the A. Bergeron can wear the C. Oh, man, and it makes me think about like those, uh, remember those San Jose teams when they just stripped everybody of a letter? Yeah. Didn't they, was it Joe Thornton that they stripped of his C? I think so. Or was it, it might've been Marlowe. It was somebody, but I remember how weird that was. And like, we've been so blessed as fans of the Bruins to have so many, like, just like uh, you mentioned it, Chara changed the culture of this team. Uh, He was, uh, I don't know if you saw the podcast that he was on. I don't, I don't know what podcast it was, but he was talking about, um, 
you know, when he was brought into the Bruins in like 2005 or six, whenever the hell it was that like one of the things that he wanted to do was to change the culture of this team. And he, he absolutely did it. I mean, the Bruins were kind of a dumpster fire before he got here. I mean, they traded their MVP and Joe Thornton. I mean, they hadn't really done anything. They hadn't made it to the Stanley cup finals and freaking God knows how long. And it wasn't just about winning games and being, a successful franchise, but it was about being a good organization, being a good team and running things the right way. And as soon as they signed Chara and they brought his mentality into this locker room, I mean, he was mentioning it in his podcast. He was saying how, you know, when they would all get together uh, before the season started, they would all do like the, like the strength and conditioning shit together, their dry land stuff about how like, you know, he was a new guy. He was the captain. He was going to make a point and lead by example. And he said that they were doing the pull-up competition. I think he said that he got 33 which was like a franchise record. Nobody ever yeah. did 33 pull-ups. And then everybody was trying to beat him. And I think he said like five years later, he was like seventh. And everybody was getting 40-something. Everybody was beating him. And like that's such a small thing. But it starts with Chara. I mean, he's the one who's going up there doing 33 pull-ups and motivating these guys to go out and work hard, you know, in the offseason and to get ready for the season. And I mean, you've only seen it since then. I mean, the 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 character and the that he's brought to this franchise and all the leaders i mean everybody who's homegrown i mean marshan came up through the system he was under chara's wing bergeron came up through the system <clears throat> when chara was already here with the c i mean i'm sure chara had a huge part in developing bergeron into the leader that he is today um you know obviously krejci i mean you can go down the list and the guys they brought in I mean, recce was huge um and just looking at it now that chara is gone and to see that they, they couldn't have picked a more perfect captain to take the sea from Chara and to continue no. the legacy of what it means to be a Boston Bruin than Patrice Bergeron taking the sea from Chara. And it's and just been perfect. It, perfect. And it literally not only was it the perfect replacement, but Bergeron, you could argue is a better replacement too. Yeah. And and that's crazy. And and that's crazy because Chara was a legitimate, he was a perfect captain. We, I wouldn't even, I I don't know if I would say Bergeron's a better captain, but it's, it's like, Chara's not better than Bergeron either. It's, it's like a perfect, perfect. It's a perfect captain in two different, uh, styles you know what i mean yeah Char, you yeah. know bergeron is more of like he makes it a family he makes sure you know everybody's comfortable here while he also leads char was just a no bullshit like no i'm turning char saw this organization he saw a almost 100 year old organization and he came in here and he was like you know what throw everything away i'm <laughs> changing this into a winning culture everybody follow me and he did it he did, and both of their styles worked. I mean, the Bruins won a Stanley Cup while Chara was captain, and they're doing historic things right now while Bergeron's captain. No Stanley Cup yet, but I'd say they're certainly on their way this year. It's Stanley Cup or bust for this group. And not only did Chara help bring that cup, but since he's been here, how many times have we – well, obviously he's retired, though. But like since uh, he had played here, we maybe missed the playoffs two times. Yeah. And, yeah. and never, never – uh, on the outside looking in too deep. You know what I mean? We were always in the fight. It was never, yeah. it was never like, okay, call the season on Christmas. Like it's over, like no <laughs> playoffs. Like we were always in contention. You know, while we're, while we're talking about <clears throat> old players who have come and gone, I wanted to bring up a point that you and Zach were talking about on last oh week's episode. Who, when I who was brought gone. it? Wait, who brought it up? 
it was one of you, but you both agreed. Okay. You guys don't consider Tuka Rask a Stanley Cup champion? Excuse me. Oh, you. boy. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Because <sighs> I tweeted, because I, I was listening to the podcast, and I heard you guys talk about it, and you, like, so, like, quickly graced over it. I don't remember who it was, but somebody, you talked about Tuka Rask, because you were talking about if his number should be retired, and I was pleasantly surprised that Zach said Yes, absolutely. I thought for sure he was going to say no. He doesn't deserve his number to be retired. Um, I think so. I think you or somebody said that he never won a Stanley Cup, and like that was that. And I remember I was like, "Hang on a minute." And then I typed in <laughs> Tuka Rask holding the Stanley Cup, and I tweeted like, "Tuka Rask isn't a Stanley Cup champion." And then yeah. a lot of people were had like a, a mix of opinions. It felt like it was like <clears throat> seventy thirty of seventy people saying like, "Obviously, he's a Stanley Cup champion," and like thirty percent of people having the same mindset you guys had were like, "Well, he didn't start in the playoffs, so he's not a." Stanley Cup champion. Bullshit. I don't believe that shit. His name's on the cup. He there he held the Stanley Cup. It was it, that year Tim Thomas had a bad hip. He had 50 starts that year. Tuka Rask started 30 something games. The year before that, Tuka Rask was uh I think he was the Calder runner up. He was I think he finished 3rd in the Vesna race. So he was a good goalie. He was important to that franchise and to that team. He didn't start in the playoffs. I understand that because they're not going to start Tuka Rask over Tim Thomas. But if it wasn't for Tuka Rask starting 30 games the regular season, the Bruins aren't the 4 seed in the East. They don't have home ice advantage two out of the four rounds, which two of which I believe went to 7 games. Yep. Um and he yep. had he good didn't point. have great numbers in the regular season. I'll give you that. I think he actually had a, a losing record. Somebody mentioned I think he was like 10 and 11 or something. It was really yeah. close. It was um, almost 500. Yeah, but I think he had like a 918 save percentage. He had like a 2.2 goals against average. But the most important thing was those 30 starts that Tuka Rask gave you in the regular season allowed Tim Thomas and his hip to be okay, allowed him to start every single game in the playoffs. And because of that, the Bruins were Stanley Cup champions. So because of that, even though Tuka Rask did not start a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, his fingerprints were all over that season. And because of that, yeah. Tuka Rask is forever a Stanley Cup champion. I don't want to disagree with you. He, His record in the regular season, 2010, 2011, 11-14-2. Um, he had a 2-6-7 goals against and a 9-18 save percentage. Yeah, so he it's not like he had a bad season. Uh, he is a Stanley Cup champion. But, but, he, but I think what I was trying to get out is that he's not – he never won a Stanley Cup as the number one goalie and as a starter. He had chances yeah. to do it and he never did. That's yeah, no. where he he's a Stanley Cup champion for sure, but not on his own accord. I get no, I definitely agree with that. But and not even just talking about you and Zach, but it's like it's it's mm-hmm. I've heard it. You hear it well, a thousand you, times, and and you know I'm a big Tuca guy. You know, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, I mean, not you, so much, but I always <laughs> defend Tuca. I mean, you hear it a thousand times, whether it be on sports radio or it be in the media or whatever i mean they always bring up tuka rask has never won a stanley cup he has i understand that he did not start in the playoffs he's won a stanley cup he had an impact on that season he was on the team he's got a ring if you go look at the stanley cup right now tuka rask's name is on it and he did not have anywhere near as much of an impact as tim thomas i totally agree with you on that you could go through um all four lines all three sets of defensemen, and I'm sure nearly every single one of those guys had a bigger hand in the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup than Tuka Rask did. But you cannot say that he's not a Stanley Cup champion because he had a huge impact 
regular season-wise to have put the Bruins in the position to win the Stanley Cup. And that's why I get so mad when people say Tuka Rask isn't a Stanley Cup champion. I say, you dingus, Google Tuka Rask Stanley <laughs> Cup. Dingus. And the first picture that will pop up is Tuka Rask standing at center ice in Vancouver, holding that 27-pound trophy or however much it weighs over his head. Tuka Rask is a Stanley Cup champion, damn it. Tuka Rask is a Stanley Cup champion. I agree. Um, but we're about halfway through, maybe. Um, so I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you in partnership with Cano Wellness. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, can of mend, can of fresh, and can of boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. Mel, I don't know how fast you know you think 30 seconds is, but that's damn fast. I'd say it's pretty damn close to half a minute. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Cano Wellness Company to support high performance. So, Mel, let's talk about each product. Let's talk about it. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks to energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need to increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Canna Sleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid which is convenient and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray it, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to CannaWellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com. And use our promo code BNG25. That is B-N-G-25. To get 25% off everything on the CannaWellness.com website. We thank Ken Wallace for sponsoring this episode in our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, back to you. Hell yeah. Um, I think that we should go through some DMs. I think we should go to the voicemails first. Ooh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We, we need to do that. All right. So voicemails are always going to be first and then DMs are going to be second. Yes, sir. All right. This All is right. the f- first one. Is this, this comes. No, this is from uh, Ethan. Okay. This is from. Hell yeah. What's up, Ethan? Great, great friend of mine. Excellent fan of the show. Always supports us in everything we do. Um, Ethan Moriarty. You can follow him on Twitter at E Moriarty WX. This is his question. Hang on. Oh, here you go. Hey boys, how's it going? This is Ethan Moriarty here. Uh, currently watching the Bruins just absolutely dummy this fraudulent Leafs team. Um, Bunting has just had his second hissy fit of the night. Uh, besides him, or maybe Bennington, who do you think is the biggest whiner in the league? I mean, a case could be made for either 
of those two right now. Want to hear your thoughts on this, guys? I love the pod. Catch you on the flip, dude. Uh, that's a good question because Bennington had another thing the other night. Yeah, dude. I they, they're down three nothing. He's let three goals slip behind him, and he's over there punching guys in the corner. Like you should. How about you worry about about stopping some biscuits before you worry about throwing out some punches. Yeah, and then and then obviously you see Bunting kick Frederick um, a couple weeks ago, kick him in the back yeah. of the leg. He's a coward. Um, and then obviously he throws a fit last night after he took a little stick to the nose from. Yeah, Carlo. and you see him wiping his nose. And listen, if you're, I'll re- I'll retort back to my bitch list that I made. If you're ever making a list of just the biggest like cowards the biggest pansies the biggest bitches in the nhl you always have to make sure that trevor zegris is somewhere oh towards number one on that list and especially if you're a bruins fan tristan jari has to be on there as well trevor zegris might be like i don't think i've ever disliked a person more in my entire life than the cover star of NHL 23. <laughs> Not Sarah Nurse. I'm talking Sarah about Trevor yeah. Zegers. No. <laughs> He's just, just a whiny, like, oh my God. He's having a shit in this league. Have, and you, like, have you ever watched, like, I don't know if you watched the Sandbagger with Spit and Chicklets, but he was no. on he was on one of those with Cole Caulfield, and his holds and meter and the way that he carries himself is like, oh my god! I just want to, I he, like he, I don't even know him. I want to punch him. He just he comes across as like a vineyard vine wearing yes, uh, boat shoe flexing like. Long Island with guy. Like a gold chain. Yeah, like, who went to like, you know, like his his dad helped get him into a good school and like he paid, now he's he paid playing 20K hockey for Ducks. high school. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, it, I oh my I can't stand him. And he's hardly even freaking farted in the NHL. That dude's done <laughs> he hasn't done jack shit. He, he did the Michigan tw- once. Yeah, dude. He scored like I think he scored 23 goals as a rookie, and he has like 18 goals this year or some shit. And other than that, man, like he hasn't done anything. And he's playing in one of the worst teams in the league who's just getting curb stomped by everybody that they play against. And he just keeps running his mouth for no reason. Like you're he's not that guy. You know and what's he's funny? He's never been that guy. You know what's funny? What? There is something about this podcast and our hatred. Our, our very weird hatred for the Anaheim Ducks. Zegris, we hate. We roasted on the Ducks, me and you, for the past like three episodes. Uh, and it all stemmed from when he, when it was Zegris who called Frederick a bitch. And, and that's when we were like, this guy is, this guy cannot be for real. You're on the worst team in the league. You stink. You're a minus 20 player. You, you are barely sniffing a point per game. Uh, you, you're, you're soft, you whine, you complain, you do the Michigan. Oh, that's so cool, dude. Good for you. Like, I I don't know. He, Zegers is a good pick. Cause, and there was that viral clip that went around the other day of him and Stetcher, but, but people were quick to jump the gun, including myself as to what he said to Stetcher to make him freak out. And if you haven't seen the clip, uh, you can go literally just, Google or go on Twitter, put in the search bar Trevor Zegers, Troy Stetcher, and it'll be the first video that pops up. Um, but he said something to Stetcher in a scrum, and Stetcher flipped out like it, like he turned into like a just tunnel vision, like I'm gonna beat the fuck out of this kid. 
Yeah, no, he and and you could see the demeanor. You could you yes. could literally see like the flip, the light flip, the switch. Jesus, the switch flip. There uh-huh. we go. Oh my gosh, talking is hard. Um, he was going at it. He was going out with Trevor Zegers, and Trevor Zegers said something to him, and suddenly it was like. Ah, he's like the Incredible Hulk, and he's turning green. He's going crazy, chase, and yeah. he was chasing him all over the ice, like he would not let it go. <clears throat> and <clears throat> a lot of people were quick to the gun to to uh, assume what he said. And um, lip reading, I thought he said what everybody was saying that they thought he said too. But um, Me too. Um, somebody said, I think a reporter from Anaheim who covers the Ducks said that he didn't say anything about. What's his name? Stetcher? Stetcher? Stetcher, yeah. Didn't say anything about Stetcher's father, but he did say something that crossed the line and that was incredibly um, personal. And I saw other people reporting that he said something about his wife, which is, again, like you don't like you don't you can say anything you want to a guy as long as it's about hockey, but you don't bring family into stuff. Um, Try to not keep it personal. But like that is like the line you don't cross, and it is so fitting that this freaking dingaling, this twenty-one year <laughs> playing on a on a, for an organization that has a goal differential of minus eighty, is oh out here God. running his mouth, talking about guys' wives. It's just like of of any sport. Like I feel like hockey in the league among players, it's there's it, there's so much respect between teams, between players, and between organizations, especially in hockey and, and no sport that I've ever seen like it before. It's just different in hockey, I feel like. And I just feel like Trevor Zegers has absolutely none. I feel like he has no class. I feel like he has no respect for the sport that he's playing. I feel like he doesn't have respect for the people he's playing against. And when it when it's coming from this 21-year-old kid from New York with this long flowing hair who's on the, you know, He's the cover star of NHL 23, and he's hardly done anything meaningful in the league. The only meaningful thing that he can say that he's done is he made an all-rookie team. He didn't even win the caller, and he had uh, he's a 20-goal <laughs> He had 23 goals last. Like that, That's all he can say, and he's chirping and running his mouth like he's some hotshot, some bigwig who's, you know, earned the right to wear his pants. And it's just, it just it drives me crazy because I feel like there's levels to this. You, got, you know, you should whatever he said was deeply personal. You should have never said it. But to even like act like you can say something like that, or to even act like you can like run your mouth and to get in somebody's face like that, or to carry yourself the way that Trevor Zegers does, like you got to make a dent in this league. You got to do something meaningful. And he hasn't done shit. And I think that's why it's it's really frustrating for me. And that's why he's number one, Ethan, on my list of um, people that I, the biggest wanner in the league, Trevor Zegers, and nobody's taken that from him anytime soon. No, it's it's like and and even with the whole Stetcher situation too, um, the refs brought Zegers to the box and clearly Stetcher wanted a fight and Zegers just wasn't about it. So Zegers gets put in the box, Kidding. the doors closed, yeah, and so he's behind the glass now, and you can see Stetcher still yelling at Zegers and he's like challenging him, and so Zegers from behind the glass and with mm-hmm. the door shut is flipping his hair and he's like giving him the wave on like, oh, you want to fight me? All right, come get me. Dude, you're in the box. You you had a chance. You were on the ice. You stop mm-hmm. being a little. Oh my god! Like that. Is, that makes me Man, so mad. Let it. No, I. Oh, I can't stand Trevor V. Trevor Zegris. I can't either, dude. Like, do something <sighs> in the league meaningful other than doing a Michigan once. It, like his head is so big. 
it's it's his head is so big. Like he he I think he thinks he's like one of the top five players in the league right now, and he if literally I, might not even be top twenty. Probably if not. I ever, if I ever pack him in an NHL, I'm quick selling him. <laughs> I don't, I don't want, him. want him. I don't want him. We had <laughs> we had another voicemail. This is from Lauren. You can follow her on Twitter at Big Bruins Energy. I I'm laughing because we tweeted last night after the Bruins beat the brakes off the Toronto Maple Leafs to uh, give us a call and let us hear your emotions. And Lauren did just that in her three-second voicemail. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Could you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Do it. Wait. Play it. Play it. It's not. I, I can't put it on speakerphone because it doesn't play long enough to. Oh wait. Uh, I gotta hang on. <laughs> no, I can't do it. It doesn't play long enough for me to be able to put it on you speakerphone. Can, but you she can yelled, hear it. Yeah. Woo, Bruins! Let's go. Yeah, that's something that we want to try to get a little <laughs> bit more of too. Is is reactions right after a game ends, good or bad? Just call the voicemail line. Leave your thoughts. Um, I know there was one a couple. I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, <sighs> It was after one of the losses and some kid called in and he was like, this fucking team, this team, like they got to lose. They had to lose tonight. He was just pissed. It was really funny. But um, that was it for the voicemails, right? Nope. We got one more today from oh, sick. Mark. You can follow him. Mark Allred. You can follow him on Twitter at. Black. I don't know. His Twitter handle is black and gold. Um. 277. So, yeah, follow him on Twitter at Black and Gold 277. Credentialed writer for the Boston Bruins, credentialed writer for the company itself. Um, I saw he got uh, his tweet was in an article. Did you see that? Yeah, 98.5. Um, yeah, so give him a follow uh, to keep up with all things Bruin because um, he's on top of things all the time. Our fearless leader. So here's oh, voice. Hang on. Got <laughs> hey, Mike and Nick. It's Mark uh, from the Black Bull Productions. Uh, calling in with another Berlin's question for you. Um, con- uh, any concerns about uh, the recent report that I, I actually broke uh, earlier this week about Jacob Lauco being unhappy in his role in his last year of his current entry level deal? And, uh, and how the Bruins might have showcased him last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs as he wants to be moved somewhere else with a better opportunity for NHL time. Uh, just some thoughts on, on that whole situation. Uh, keep up the amazing work. Love the podcast, as usual. And um, pretty pretty stoked not to hear Nick and his snowboard talk anymore. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. Dude, when I went snowboarding, I actually fell and hit my arm so freaking hard. And it was driving me crazy when I was walking around Florida and I was swinging around everywhere. I thought I was going to have to get a sling. For whatever reason, whenever Mark calls me uh, or calls the voicemail line, it always thinks that his number is spam. Really? Hmm. Well, okay. So the thing with Lauko, right? Um, He's a good player. He could be a bottom six player for a lot of teams. It's just right now with the Bruins and the way that their lineup is, there's not really a consistent spot for him. So as we get to the trade deadline, he's a piece that I can for sure see the Bruins moving. And and I wouldn't mind. Like, yeah, it would kind of stink to lose him because I like his game and he fits into the system so well. And when he does play up with the team, he plays well. 
He fits into the role perfectly. Um, he's reliable defensively. Um, the offensive production obviously doesn't pop, but that's not what his game is anyways. Um, but if he's, if he's somebody that you can add into a deal that gets you a guy like Luke Shen, um, you know, uh, maybe some, some depth, other depth pieces that you're looking to add, or, or maybe even in a deal that, you know, none of us see coming because, you know, Sweeney likes to do that. So no one really saw the Hampus Lindholm deal coming. Um, there were guys that the Bruins were linked to, but Sweeney always seems to find these under the radar guys that no one's really talking about. So if you, if you can swindle, you know, Jacob Lauko in a deal for somebody like, I don't know, Luke Shen. I know people were mentioning Oliver Ekman Larson, which I'm kind of out on. Um, John Klingberg from the Ducks. I don't know. Somebody, if you can add him, I'm I'm totally okay with losing him, especially if he's not happy here as it is. If you can flip him to get somebody who can help with this run that we're about to go on, then I'm all for it. Who was that? Wasn't there like a, a, a big Russian defenseman that they were talking about? Was he from Vancouver? I know that doesn't give you much to go off of because Oh, uh Gavrikov. Uh yes. If he Columbus. can get if ooh, if he can get you obviously it wouldn't just be Lauko. Obviously you would have to add other other assets in there for any of those trades. But if you can put him in there and and um still make a deal out of it, I don't mind at all. Gavrikov, highly what, underrated. What what do you think he would cost? Gavrikov? Yeah. Well, let's say Jacob Lauko, um, maybe another prospect, and this year's first. How good would the prospect have to be? Nobody serious? Maybe a guy like Georgi Merkulov. Um, maybe even throw Mike DiPietro in there. <laughs> I don't know. Let's do it then. Did you yeah. hear about, uh, what's his name? The uh, they, the guy they just called up. the lot, What's his name? Lottieri or some shit? Oh, Lottieri. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to play the other night, but he got hurt in practice. Yeah, he did. It sucks too because he's a he's kind of a journeyman. Um, he's yeah, been killing he's, it in the AHL. He's leading the Province Bruins in points, I believe. He's a good player too. He's not a he's like he's not some guy that you're you're uh, burying in the AHL on most teams. He's he could he could be playing a bottom six role. On I think the, I think the Bruins should take uh, Zach Wierenski. Nah. Why not? I don't know. That, that would cost a lot. Yeah, I know. 62, 24. <laughs> he's got 48 points in 68 games. Columbus sucks. I say let's do it. Hey, we're actually helping them because they're getting closer and closer to getting Connor Bedard with every good player that they send away. Yeah, how about Gary Bettman saying no team tanks? Buddy, have you seen yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks oh lineup? Open your eyes, bud. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh my god. And the funny part is like Columbus is trying. Like they just suck. Like they're like they're playing Gaudreau. Like they're putting these guys out there, man. They just can't win games. They actually might not be trying to tank. They, they yeah. Just, yeah, no, they he, I guess Gary Bettman is only watching Columbus Blue Jackets games. Yeah. I think the Blue Jackets just totally forgot how to play hockey. I really <laughs> I don't think that they're trying to tank at all. They're just they just think <laughs> they're four. They're four seventeen and two on the road. No, that is so bad. They're four seventeen and two on the road. Yeah. Oh my god, that is and, disgusting. Uh, 
San Jose is 5, 12, and 7 at home. Speaking of San Jose, did you see the ratings bump on NHL that Eric Carlson got? No. He's back to he's back to a 90 overall. Really? I'm happy for him, man. I'm all I'm all hey, about the Eric Carlson resurgence. Vlad Gavrikov is only making 2.8 million too. So you can really make that work without uh you know wiggling around the cap as much as you would need to with other guys. Um yeah. I still kind of want a, a a big defenseman though, height wise. I mean, Gabrikov's what six one. He's really good though, so I will I would not say no to him. No, dude, he's six he's six three two thirteen. He's listed as six one on uh, this website I was just looking at. Huh. Oh, hang on, let me. Uh, I'm on cap friendly, so if we we should honestly just go to NHL. <laughs> Let me NHL. send the, uh, the owner of that website an email. Let him know that he's got a full time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NHL hasn't listed as, yeah, 63221. So let me just type up that email real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Must be with <laughs> yeah, They also yeah. had him. They, well, listen, the other website had him list. <laughs> NHL has him at age 27. The other website had him at age 26. So maybe in the offseason, he grew, you know, two inches and gained about 15 pounds. Could happen. Huh. Yeah, I mean, playing for Columbus right now as a defenseman, too. I mean, he's a minus six player. Good luck. But my, that's what I'm saying. Minus six in Columbus right now. That's that's like a plus 20 on this team. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad. I would not mind him. He's a... And he's a lefty, too. I was going to say left shot defenseman. Um, now, here's the thing, though. If you get him, you're not getting him as depth. He's going to be in your lineup on most nights. So who are you... Who are you sliding down? Who's going yeah, to be you, your seventh? What do you think about? Uh, would you trade Grizzlick? No, because of the McAvoy and Grizz connection. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like McAvoy could have a connection with anybody. He could, but I feel like that takes a little bit away from the chemistry. Plus, I don't know if you've heard, but McAvoy's really dad play. works for the Ice Crew. Oh, I've never heard that in my entire <laughs> life. Do you know by any chance we recently won an award? I think he just, I think he did some like bean award or something. Wow. Wait, is, is, uh, is Matt Grizzlick from the Boston area? A pot award? A pot award? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh he's a local God. guy too. So there's a, no chance that Sweeney ships him out. Yeah, no, I like Matt Grizzlick a lot on the, uh, on the power play, but I've, I just, I noticed, I saw people on Twitter saying, um, yeah. You know, if they the, if they could be looking for an upgrade in that left shot defenseman, and oddly enough, they could be um, at Matt Grizzlick's expense. Now, would you trade Carlo? No. Okay, thank I, you. I would. I still would not trade Carlo. I know he had he had a, a a bit of a rough stretch for a little bit there, but he played really well the other night. He's had a bounce back, and he's really important to this team. I I I. Don't think people understand how important Brendan Carlo is to the success of this well, defensive unit. Well, Brendan Carlo is also the the team representative for the the players' union. So, uh, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> he can't go. I mean, he I didn't know. He, I didn't. I mean, whoa, he didn't have to get political there. I didn't know that. He, <laughs> I didn't know that he held a position in office. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the Bruins player rep for the uh, players' union. So, um, you know, I don't know if they want to move on from him. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's who, you, who would be repping the team then, you know? Yeah, <laughs> who would be the next Bruins player rep for the oh my god, Marty Walsh is gonna be the NHL PA you, director. Did you hear that? Oh, you're being serious? I'm being dead ass, Mayor Marty. 
Mayor Marty Walsh, who is really? now uh, what the the union secretary or some shit for huh. for for Biden, is uh, he's he's. What? <laughs> How, where have this, you been? Have you been living under a rock? I don't pay attention to politics, dude. It's the worst. Yeah, but thing he was the, the mayor of Boston. No, I totally agree. He is. Um, oh, he's the obviously former mayor of Boston. Then he he stepped down. That's why Michelle Wu is the new mayor because Mayor Marty Marty Ooh. Walsh is the 29th United States Secretary of Labor. He was appointed by President Joseph Biden, and now he's the favorite. To be the new director of the NHL Players Association. What a turn of events, huh? I actually did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So maybe the Bruins don't have to worry. Maybe that'll give the Bruins more incentive to trade Brendan Carlo because you don't have to worry about losing your um, you know, your your player representing your team because you're gonna have the former Boston mayor serving as the NHLPA director. Um but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't trade Carlo either. You just you know he's gonna get hurt though at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, so you need to have that's somebody who's and, yeah. and that's why I think they're gonna be cooking up a trade at the uh, deadline to get some defensive depth. Didn't yeah. isn't isn't Strawman back in the roster? Uh, apparently, but well, there's no way. The yeah, I don't I, know. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, Strawman's a good guy. I felt real bad about all that visa issue that he was having at the beginning of the year, yeah. but like, yeah, please don't like don't feel like you have to lace him up. It's fine. Just you know who would have helped him with that situation? Who? Mayor Marty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did get this DM from Melinda. Um, Wait, no. Let me follow- read Melinda's. Okay. All right. I always read Melinda's. You can follow her on Twitter at Melinda underscore paints. Melinda. By the way, I still I need to come pick up the, the thing that she shipped us. Yeah, dude. It's been waiting for you. I know. Are you drinking a Celsius? I am. Put that down. There's a lawsuit on their hands. Melinda DM'd us and said, hey guys, what's up? No burning questions here, just a retraction. I take back my comment in your last podcast about Smitty. Look, the guys doing the grunt work are important, even if they don't always score. We fans are getting really spoiled. Look at Brando, for instance. Super important, integral part of the team. I would assume that Melinda would agree with us in not trading Brandon Carlo. Um, she went on to say, also, this I say, if anyone gets traded, they should get a Stanley Cup ring and their name on the cup because they help the Bruins if we should win the cup during 40 games. Gee, thought I didn't have anything to say. I guess I did. Ha! Party on, dudes. Party on, Melinda. Is, uh, is there, what is like the cutoff for amount of games you can play and still get credited with a Stanley Cup ring? I don't know. Uh, I actually don't know that <sighs> off the top of my head. I don't know either because you it, you see it happen a lot of times in other sports where like NBA players get traded midseason. Oh, this person still gets a ring if their team wins. You see it in the NFL as well. I don't know what it is for the NHL. Like I know Mark Savard. Well, did Mark Savard play in 2011? I mean, that's I'm not even going to bring that up because he was still on the team. That's a bad example. Um, but that's a good point. If the Bruins trade somebody at the trade deadline and then go on, they go on to win the Stanley Cup. Do they still get a ring? I would assume that they would not get their name on the Stanley Cup, but they might still get a ring. But that's entirely up to, to the team. Um, we did also get this question. It's kind of similar to Mark's question. Um, this comes in from Daniel. You can follow him on Twitter at DanielPrice92. He said, after Lauko's performance last night, does that change offering him out at the deadline? Think he'd be a great asset to us, but 
can also see him being used as leverage if there's a good deal on the table for a top six forward or a solid defenseman. Agree. Gavrikov, Shen, not OEL. I don't want OEL. Um, and then forward wise, I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't. I, I look more towards the defense than than the this forward. Me too. Group. Yeah. Well, you certainly can't get Bo Horvat anymore. But uh, no. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, uh, breaking news: Bo Horvat is not coming to the Boston Bruins. Wow, that's the first time I'm hearing this. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Hit the buzzer. <laughs> Bo Horvat, a New York Islander. <laughs> Four days late. <laughs> <laughs> but, do, you think, I mean, do you think he's gonna get that contract that was rumored? It was like seven years, like eight and a half or something like that. Eight and a half for Bo Horvat's a pretty fair deal, I think. But for seven years? Yeah. I, feel, I, I mean, that. he's having a great year this year, but do you think he was an eight and a half million dollar player before that? Uh, he was on his way there. They're kind of taking a little bit of a risk, but I mean, the way he's playing and at his age, um, I still, I believe he's under 26 years old. He's 27. Um, he's 27. So that would take him through 34. He's actually turning um, 38 in April. What did I just say? 28 in April. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt a little bit like a showcase for Lauco. So if teams are looking to add, you know, a younger guy who's pretty reliable in a bottom six role, um, Jacob Lauco is your guy. And I think it's clear the Bruins are okay with losing him and getting, getting him off the books. Plus, plus like Mark, Mark broke the news. He he's unhappy here, anyways. Um, he would rather go to a team that's willing to give him more NHL ice time. So, if if and he's he's a guy with value too. So if you're looking to, you know, cash in on some depth, he's a hundred percent somebody that I could see getting sent out of Boston. Yeah, especially too. Like if you think that you that you know you're one guy away. I mean, I know the Bruins are off to a crazy start this year, but if you think that you know one defenseman really puts us over the edge. Then you got to do it. I mean, you're putting all your chips in this. Like you owe it to Bergeron, you owe it to Krejci, yeah. whatever oh, yeah. you can to put the best team out there on the ice. And if that means trading Lauko, who, like you just said, who could be a bottom six forward someday, for a guy who could be a top four defenseman on a Stanley Cup caliber team today, you got to do that. I mean, you do that in a heartbeat. Um, and I, I feel bad. I like Lauko, but you know, other than him, and of course Jake DeBrus last year, when have we ever heard somebody request a trade from the Boston Bruins or not be happy with the Boston Bruins? I really um, don't remember. Dougie, maybe. Oh, but Dougie was a bitch when he. Right, I like right. Dougie's okay now, but like, come on, I don't Sagan, count Dougie. Sagan didn't request a trade, but no. He I feel like things are starting to go that way, a little bit. Well, with all the extra baggage and crap that Sagan was carrying with him. Right. I mean, and at that time, too, he was like a 21-year-old kid. Yeah. The, being the man in Boston. I, I mean, really don't remember. I mean, Lucic obviously never requested a trade. No. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, like big-name players that they've shipped out of here. Eric Holla didn't request a trade. No. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. But for back to Bill Horvath quickly. The package that they that they gave for Bo Horvat, what would you think? Oh, hang on, time out. We're we're dumb. We're we're dumb, Mel. Hang on, give me a hint. What um, year? Last year. I think it didn't cross our minds because he's extremely happy here now. 
Oh, I already said Jake DeBrusque. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah, I, I said other, other than the <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, what for the, the package that Vancouver got for Bo Horvat? What do you think would be like a comparable package that the Bruins could have gave up that would have been similar to what the Islanders did? Well, Atu Ratti for the Islanders is comparable to Fabian Lysel, so Lysel a hundred percent. And then Bavillier they gave up, so that's a top six winger. You're probably looking at Jake Bruss, Taylor Hall, oh. maybe Pavel Zaka. Someone like that, and I don't. I would and a first lose. and a first round pick, and and That's with the lot. team in its position that it's in right now, you don't you you don't do that. You don't. Yeah, that I wouldn't have done that either. And especially too, like you know, you can make all the promises you're gonna make that you're gonna resign, but you still take the risk of trading for a guy who's a free agent at the end of the year. Yep. I mean that that yes, would. I mean that would. Too. That I mean I know you know you can you know you can wink a couple times and yeah, I'll sign with you guys Islanders. But like at the end of the day, like he could finish, he could go to the, go to New York, be extremely unhappy there, finish the season, sign somewhere else. And you know, this trade to me doesn't, I mean, the Islanders are a good team. I don't think it, does it push them over the edge for you? No, they might not even make the playoffs. Yeah. Like we're that's the, why I like outside looking in right now. Like I, I would, I would think for their sake that they absolutely had to have some sort of assurance that Bo Horvat was going to sign this seven or eight year deal. But if he doesn't sign that deal, man, is that a problem for the New York Islanders? If he doesn't sign the deal, you just gave up a top prospect, uh, Anthony Bavillier, who's a solid top six guy, and your first round pick. It's it's a protected first round pick, I believe. It's um, uh, top ten protected, but. Either way, you might not make the playoffs. You have you're in the lottery system. Uh, that could end up being a pretty high pick. Obviously, if it's protected, though, they're going to get it back. But still, you could end up with like the 13th, 14th, 15th overall pick, and that's a that's a good spot to be in. Yeah. Um, especially for a team like Vancouver right now, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I, I you don't do that deal. You can you can find solutions elsewhere. He wasn't really a top priority right now, anyways. Uh, you, people can argue that he was, you know, to help set us up for a future without Bergeron and without Krejci. But in the moment we're in right now, you don't lose the assets that you would have had to lose for him. Like you, yeah. you're not in a position to need that. Yeah, I agree. We also received another last minute question from back to black blue season. Hell yeah. In- let's go at incredible. Mr. E seven. He said, do we beef up with size come playoff time and could Luch somehow find his way home for one more run with the boys of David Krejci, Marshan, and Bergeron? Um, I'm going to say, listen, yeah, hang on. Listen. I would love to see Luch each back, but it's, it's, it, it's not happening. I don't want to say it's not happening. It's not happening. It I don't makes want to no say sense. That. It makes it, no it, sense. It, it, it makes a little bit of sense. I'm not saying you We're get him sent. and you plug it. I'm not saying you get him and you plug him in. He could be like that extra forward that you got. If you can make it work money wise and you get, where is he? Calgary, get them to eat some money. Calgary sucks. I mean, they're, they <laughs> might, they might not make the playoffs either, but um Imagine him coming in like you just know you have Lucic as like a healthy scratch and you can have him say, say, say yeah. you're up two games against Tampa and Greer kind of got nicked up or, or Frederick got a little nicked and you're like, all right, all right, we're up two games. Um, 
We got a little wiggle room here. Let's just throw uh, Lucic back into the mix. No, I don't. I just, I just, dude. I I don't know. I don't think he just like team wise. I just don't think his style of play fits this team anymore. What? Really? Yeah, I mean the Bruins have some quick, fast wingers. I mean, why are you putting? And on top of that, he's making six million dollars. His cap hit is six million dollars. Right, right, have right, to, right. You're gonna have to give some stuff up in order for Calgary to keep some money. And are you really gonna do that just so you can say, "Oh, we can plug in Milan Lucic in the playoffs if so and so is hurt"? What is he gonna give you? I can tell you, he's exactly not that he's guy anymore. Right he's, I can he, oh yeah, he, he's gonna get the crowd going. People are gonna get excited. Well, you know what? AJ Greer does that for like seven hundred thousand dollars a year. I would love to see Lucic back in Boston, but I feel like it makes no sense for him. To no, come you're back. right. No, Mel, you're you're a hundred percent right. But- Although I would miss Jack Edwards talking about Lucic in the booth. That would be nice to see. I mean, I can just see it in my mind right now. Lucic comes in in like game five against Tampa and he has one of those classic like, I'm just going to carry the puck off the wall and shoot it as hard as I can on the ice <laughs> and have it go five hole and in. And then they're like, it's, yeah. either, it's, either, it's, either, it's either five hole or like post wide and it rips all the way back outside <laughs> yeah. of the zone. <laughs> Dude, but how many times did he score a goal where he was just – barreling down the side he just whips it on net and it goes five hole it's so funny because like watching milan lucic it always looked like like his like the bones in his wrists were like were like made of like steel pipes like he could not bend or move his wrists or anything and you would see him with the puck on his stick and he's just kind of like chugging along like chugging along and he puts two hands in his stick and he's just like like the the choppiest yes. like he's cutting yes. cheese like the choppiest <laughs> like like stick handling that you've ever seen your entire life and you could just tell that when he shoots that puck he's going oh and he's like like really like letting out like a loud little noise and it would always go five hole or like wide right when he's coming down the boards and it oh my god and he i would, love milan lucic though dude and he would always do the same celly he'd be he'd go up on one skate and he'd both hands in the air and he just kind of does like a double fist pump. You're like, yeah. <laughs> no, the the best though was when he would just like, <laughs> like he would turn a guy's face into pudding, just like yep. punch the ever living shit out of him, and then he would skate to the to the box. He'd do the yeah, like, he would like <laughs> like he's like getting like crumbs off his fingers, like oop, like just took the trash out. <laughs> yeah, he's getting he's getting the other guys, you know. Cartilage yeah. off his knuckles. That's that's the Milan Lucic that we all know and love in Boston, but unfortunately, that's not the Milan Lucic that's yeah. still playing up in Calgary. That's not the guy that you would get. But in terms of beefing up the lineup with um, what, what do you mean, like size wise? I mean, I don't I, know, dude. I, I dude, we, I wouldn't. We got so much beef already. AJ yeah. AJ Greer certified beef. Trent Frederick <laughs> certified beef. Yeah, no, Nick like Salino, you, certified, certified beef. beef. No, like you, you like that's you don't need to beef up your offense. I mean, you have the best goal differential in the league. They still have the most goal scored in the entire league. Like you, you that's not you don't have a problem with offense. I mean, you can get depth guys, I guess, if injuries or you know, injuries happen as they have happened this year. But like, you know, get some depth wingers, maybe get a fifth center, whoever, but I think you and I both agree that if they are to make a trade, I would focus on on defense. Sure up yes. that that defensive yeah. unit. If you can get a top four guy, do it. Last ride, baby. Do whatever you can to push your steam over the edge. But uh, if yeah. you if it's just a depth guy, I'd be happy with that too. 
Yeah. Um, we also had this other question come in, and I cannot for the life of me find it right now, but I specifically distinctly remember it in my mind because it was so funny. Does Craig Smith get his number retired and hung up in the Raptors <laughs> at season's end? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is amazing uh, <laughs> dude just you know how mad wayne cashman would be if he didn't oh, get 12 retired but craig smith had in the raptors <laughs> can you imagine after the season ends they're like oh yeah we have a special announcement this guy yeah. he's this guy's dedicated his hockey career to boston dude he's been here for like three years yeah yeah everybody's like oh my god they're finally gonna announce bergeron and then and then jacobs is like or not Jacobs, Cam Neely. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, Craig Smith. He's getting his <laughs> number 12 going to the Raptors. Yeah, what you don't know is that behind the scenes, the Bruins couldn't trade him, so they worked out a deal where he'd cut his salary in half if the Bruins retired his number or something. Could you like imagine him standing at center ice, like turning, waving to the fans as 12? Yes, months? the Raptors with Smith above it. And he's got, I can picture right now, like uh, the whole garden. It's like, it's like, you know, the stands are dark. The spotlight's on him. There's the podium with his, with it, with the big banner hanging up. It's just 12. And, it's, <laughs> and he's standing there with like his kid in his shoulders and he's crying. And he's like, oh he's like, thank, Boston, thank you. I've always loved you. I, I've always been a Boston Bruin. You know, I put this team and this city on my shoulder for so many years. Boston, I, think, I love you. I think if the Bruins did that, the Nashville would have to retire his number. They'd have to be like, "Well, no, he's ours." Imagine yeah. going to the, imagine going to the Garden looking up, or or Bork, <laughs> Esposito, Chara, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> if Craig Smith gets his number retired before Tuka Rask, I am burning the Garden to the ground. <laughs> All right, we're going to start a petition to get Craig Smith uh his jersey retired. <laughs> oh my, you know what we're going to have to we're going to have to photoshop a picture of Craig Smith's number hanging in the rafter and then we'll tweet do- any, anytime he does something relevant on the ice. Oh, but we'll you know what we'll call him his new nickname Craig Smith's new nickname is Rafters. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the amount of nicknames that we've made on this show. There's uh, Philly Goat, of course, Dick Felino. Yeah. Connor Clifton plays hockey. Connor yeah. Clifton. Now we have Rafters for Craig Smith. We got the Bruins. <laughs> the Bruins. That, that's amazing. <laughs> Blades, his name is now Beans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make the edit too on Snap. It's just going to be like me drawing in the number 12 with my finger. <laughs> Raptors. Oh my god. And now the Bruins can't trade Craig Smith at the deadline because now we have this whole thing going with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually we did get another question too. This comes in from Tom. He said, and this is a I I don't know where this question came from, but it, it came in. Okay. Meaning, meaning I don't know where it came from in his headspace, but it's here and it's in front of me. I'm gonna read it. He says, Tom says. Out of all the players on the Bruins roster right now, which two would you pick to rob a bank with? <laughs> so I'm taking the, I'm taking this question as like as like who's gonna go into the bank with you and who's gonna be the getaway driver? That's what I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking Mike Riley, so I can pin what? him as the fall, so I can so I can pin him as the fall guy if we get caught. He's going to jail. Boom, his contract's off the books. Then I'm taking um, 
Oh, I'm taking Brad Marchand. I feel like he's Ooh. a menace. Behind, I feel like he's a menace behind the wheel. That's so what go- I was going to say. I'm that, going in. Right. I'm telling Brad Marchand, man, way out front. Keep the car running. I'll be right back. I'm walking in there with Mike Riley. Um, He's going to go in there and just start two handed bank tellers in the back of the legs. And I'm going in there and I'm taking the money. And then I leave and I yell, my name is Mike Riley. And I play for the Boston Bruins. And then I'm hopping in the car. I'm leaving with Marshan, leaving Mike Riley there. Guess what? Next week, Mike Riley's caught. He's in jail, in prison. <laughs> the Bruins no longer have to pay his $3 million cap hit because they can't get him off this team. They can't so, trade him. They can't release him. They can't buy him out. So guess what? He's in jail. They don't have to pay they don't have to pay his contract anymore. Boom. Cap space. Now you can re-sign Pasta. Now you can sign Clifton to an extension next year. You can they just signed Zaka. He fits. Bergeron Krejci comes back. We can run it back one more time, baby. Mike Riley doesn't even play anyways. He's doing nothing but eating some cap space. So I'm doing us a favor and I'm taking the money and I'm leaving Mike Riley to high and dry. All right. So I'm going to take um, as my getaway driver, same exact thought process. Take a Brad Marshawn as my uh, as my driver, because, you know, he's hitting those edges with the car when he's <laughs> making those wild turns. Um, and then to rob the bank with. Tell me that the perfect person to choose is an AJ Greer. Tell that oh, dude, yeah. dude, he would just put the he put it he put the bag on the on the teller's desk. He'd just be like, "Look, look, this is a stick up. I'm robbing this bank." And if he has to, he'll throw hands. And you then know? everybody, everybody in the bank is going crazy. There, it's electric in there. Yeah, drink, yeah. <laughs> the AJ Greer experience is just yeah. fully in TD Bank, but um, also too we would just steal as much money from the bank as needed to, to just hand over to David Pasternak. So that, Oh, that's his, his point. Yeah. So that he's immediately on the team. Uh, another Paid. dark, another dark horse candidate for a driver instead of Brad Marshan would be Charlie Coyle or Ooh. Matt Grizzlick or any of these guys who are from the Boston area because they know, they know the neighborhoods like the back of their hands and they're getting us in and out of there out of the city in a jiffy because they know the back roads. They know the secret ways because I don't know if you heard the Bruins have some players in their team who are from Boston. Mm, really? Yeah. Didn't you wow. hear? Did you know that uh, Matt Grizzlick's dad actually worked? <laughs> <laughs> did you know Charlie Coyle played a BU dude? <laughs> hey, did you know Charlie Coyle in the South Shore Kings? He's from fucking Weymouth, kid. <laughs> Chris, well, Chris saw, Wagner. Frank Vetrano. Yeah, I know a guy who knows a guy who says he went to driver school with Charlie Noel Coyle. Achari. Noel Achari. Noel dude. <laughs> There's so many guys. I saw him in line at the Dunkin'. He drinks decaf. Yeah, what a fucking pussy, dude. Charlie Coyle goes to Starbucks. <laughs> Ice Macchiato for number 13. <laughs> Charlie Coyle gets fraps from Starbucks. <laughs> I bet he gets a muffin too. Oh my God. Oh, an orange cranberry muffin. Um. Hey, that's uh, our freaking second line or third line center. You watch your goddamn mouth. Oh yeah, who knows? He goes to Starbucks. Oh, um, but all right. So I, I think that was it for the DM questions. So we'll do a little three game uh, prediction here. Obviously, the next game isn't you know until February 11th. It's like 
nine days away, whatever. Uh, so it's the Capitals, Stars, Predators, a little after the Caps game, a little West Coast, you know, trip out to Dallas and Nashville. Uh, Mel, Capitals yeah. prediction. Capitals, I'm taking, is that in Washington, you said? Uh, in Boston. 4 1 Bruins. All right. I'm going to say Caps suck right now. I'm going to say off of a 10 game rest in Boston, 3 30, a little matinee action down at the TD Garden. I'm going to say it's 5 to 1 win. Wow. You just had to one up me, didn't you? <laughs> okay. Now the start. <laughs> 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 Bruins go down to Dallas. Um, the number one team in the West right now. Um, they don't. I don't look at them though and think like, you know, damn, what a team. I don't think anybody does. No, no. <laughs> uh, so in New Dallas, uh, prediction. Um, four to two Bruins. Ooh, three to one Bruins. Yeah, I was, you know, I was gonna say three to one, but uh, I don't know. Emotions are flying high because Tyler Sagan's there, <laughs> and uh, if they're wear if the if the stars wearing those ugly jerseys that I hate, it's gonna be a four to two game. Okay, now uh, we head to Nashville on on that Thursday, February sixteenth. <laughs> Craig, the home of Craig Smith. So it's it's Rafter, <laughs> Rafter's revenge game. <laughs> RRG, baby, little Rafter's R-R-G. revenge game. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, I think that's going to be close. I'm going to say three to two Bruins. Ooh. I have a weird feeling that they're just going to dominate that game. I'm going to say six to two Boston. I hope you're right. Because I hope we I'm were, we were very wrong a couple weeks ago, and I think that we owe it to the Bruins to to right this ship. Yes, yeah, we need to get back behind the wheel. But you know what? To be fair, I think every single time we predicted the next string of games for the Bruins, we pretty much always say that they're going to win every single one, and they pretty much always do. So like, yeah. we, we it was bound to catch up to us at some point. It was. Oh, we should have kept our records on like on uh, our predictions. Oh but. yeah. We'll 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 do that this on on uh, this little you know three game prediction thing, but um, yeah. So uh, Bruins right now um, still you know leading the NHL eighty three points uh, thirty nine seven and five. Second closest team in the league is Carolina seventy six points. They're thirty four nine and eight. Um, <laughs> Then third place Toronto, 31, 13, and 8. They got 70 points. That's a 13-point difference. And Toronto has one more game played than Boston. Um, but yeah, so teams rolling, little three-game skid. Don't worry about it. Don't freak out. It's gonna happen. You know, they're human. Um, you're not gonna go perfect all season long. It's literally impossible. So don't freak out, don't panic, don't don't all of a sudden, <coughs> you know, start <coughs> free- Are you okay? Are you all right? Yeah, don't start freaking out saying trade Carlo, trade Grizzly. Well, that one's actually up in the air, but don't freak out. It's fine. Everybody relax. It's okay. It's a three-game losing streak. One of them was a one-goal. Two of them actually were one-goal games, one in overtime, and then a 3-2 loss to Tampa. Um, Don't freak out. It's fine. Don't panic. 
it's fine. Um, but yeah, as always, thank you for listening to uh, the podcast. As always, uh, brought to you in partnership by with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. And if you would like to call and leave a voicemail, please do. You can do it if you want to ask us a question, just random about life, do whatever you want to do. But also, as Sully mentioned earlier, we are trying to get your honest reaction, your feedback following a Bruins win, loss, tie, draw, break, whatever it is. Also, weekend's coming up. Call in, do whatever you want to do. The number is 508-263-0854. And even like, I don't know, say it's in the middle of the game and AJ Greer scores an electric goal. Your first instinct, honestly, you should have our number on speed dial. Yeah. Your first instinct should just be pick up the phone, call in, and be like, holy shit, boys, AJ Greer just went far down against Samsonov. Oh, my God. Like, just freak out. I don't care. Exactly. It's and I'm, I'm expecting some uh, some some big saves from Lena Omark in this All-Star Weekend. So he makes a big save. Yep. Give us a call. Holy shit. <laughs> Did you just say that kick save? That rebound control is immaculate. I want to hear it all. Give us like, a call. Oh, We'll play it on the on next week's episode. Boys, did you just see Lena Solmark save on Trevor Zegers? Oh my god. <laughs> Boys, I'm standing, I'm I'm in section 310 in the nosebleeds, and I'm watching uh, number 12 get lifted to the rafters. And I gotta <laughs> tell you, I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> buddy, 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 this is Tommy from Saugus. I swear to God, I was just at Starbucks and I really saw Charlie <laughs> Coyle. <laughs> he was ordering a frap and getting an orange cranberry muffin. <laughs> yeah, he had a muffin, dude. It was Crazy. And he was wearing flip flops. And he was he had a vineyard the ones, the ones, the ones that go with you wearing the flip flops that go between your toes. Yeah, the one the little flippy dude that goes in between the big toe. It was gross. And he's got he's got a calf tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Starbucks lady. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Hey, well, hey, as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, give Black and Gold Productions LLC a follow on Twitter at BNG Productions. Give myself a follow on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan and give Nick a follow on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, you can follow the Something's Brewing podcast Twitter account as well at Brewing Something. No G at the end. Our voicemail line is in there. Um, send us DMs to, to the podcast account if you want your questions answered uh, on the pod by... Uh, Yours truly here. Um, but yeah, please keep keep interacting. Keep keep joining the fun and keep watching this team roll through the league. Um, February now, about three months until playoffs start. I had to count on my fingers for that no one. No way you I'm, just did that. It's no February shame. now. <laughs> your, your, <laughs> no your microphone picked that up. Did it? Right, well, yeah, it's February no now. No shame, no shame. I was never a big math guy. Uh, hey, you and me both. Hey, hey, what are you gonna do, huh? But hey, thank you all for listening to the show, and um, we'll be back next week. And um, as always, thank you guys very much. We'll see you on Twitter. We'll see you at the garden, and go be. We'll see you at the parade. We'll see you at the parade with a Starbucks in hand. No, sir. Dunkin' Donuts for me, please. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye.
Let me in. Oh, let me in. Open the door. Open the door. <laughs> Open the door. I gotta set all my shit up. I'll put my hood on. Just like a white dove. Says a song just like <laughs> she's singing. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. baby. Hang on, I gotta go find my little thing, my jiggy, my jiggy. Sing a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh. Baby. Ooh. Baby. Ooh.